The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show presented by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, as always, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis and breakdowns. We're currently in the offseason, and if you haven't been tuning in so far already, we're into the second episode where we are analyzing every single Giants position group. Last show, we talked about the quarterback room. We talked about who's going to be Daniel Jones's backup. If you missed out on that, be sure to go and check that episode out. But today, we are on to the next position group, the running backs. The goal of these episodes, though, is to fill you in on not just the guys that we know are predominant big-name players, but filling out the entire depth chart, the guys that came in through free agency, guys that were drafted, undrafted free agents, all of the names to be aware of, as well as talking about potential cuts, guys that are going to be on the practice squad, and maybe some surprise players that might not be sticking around come the end of the preseason. So the running back position is obviously one that is of great interest to New York Giants fans and of great interest to us, considering the Giants have one of the best young running backs on their roster, that being Saquon Barkley, one of the most elusive running backs that we've seen in a very long time in the NFL a home run hitting type player and we know for a fact Chris that he has the potential week in and week out to go for 100 to 150 yards rushing and be a completely dominant player barring the open rushing lanes so this is a really interesting situation though because now we have a completely different offensive coordinator we have Jason Garrett who has produced some highly productive running backs some odd highly productive running backs, some not-so-big-name guys and washed-up players like Darren McFadden. So is it is it too crazy to say to ourselves here, hey, we're pretty optimistic coming into what we're going to get from Saquon Barkley in this first year in a new offensive system? Well, I think Saquon Barkley is one of those rare running backs where if he's healthy, he's going to produce. Yeah, he Even as a rookie, the Giants had one of the worst run-blocking offensive lines in the NFL, but Barkley still produced because he just has that rare combination of top-end agility 
and top end explosiveness to go with rare power. This has been covered pretty much since Penn State. He is just a rare athlete. And I think that will allow him, you know, even if the offensive line isn't as good as we hope it is, even if the running game doesn't exactly fit him, which is something I want to get to in a little bit, as long as he is able to find a crease occasionally, kind of like Barry Sanders, he's going to produce. Since the hiring of Jason Garrett, I could probably count a hundred times on this show that we've said the words Air Coriel. And lately we've been ramping up these conversations when talking about the schematics of a new system. And it it just constantly is what we're bringing up when we have to talk about the offense. And I can tell you right now, folks, if you're sick of hearing us talk about the Air Coriel, well, too bad. We have to keep talking about it because it is so important with discussing the usage of a lot of these players and how things will look for them. But in talking about the Air Corey Allen, as much as we've we've hyped up the efforts that it that this scheme makes to throw the ball, use deep passing concepts to pick up bigger chunk plays, the usage of tight ends, it's worth noting, Chris, that the original Air Coriel with with Don Coriel, he he wasn't afraid to run the ball. It was a, a key component of the offense. It doesn't mean that you have to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game. Just because we keep talking about uh, you know, the passing game and what it means for the passing game, it does not denote the running game. It doesn't take away from the fact that it needs an effective running game to completely and fully operate. So Saquon Barkley, I think it's worth noting that his usage is going to be a lot different than what we've seen with these with those two first years of Pat Shermer. And the one thing that we always said in frustration is that when the run game started to sputter and not really work out and it became second and eight, or if it was second and long, the, the Giants would run the ball and it was overly predictable, Pat Shermer was so willing to bail on it and then would throw the ball 40, 35 times, and that would lead to a lot of offensive problems. But now we might actually see some consistency and a willingness to continue to stick to the running game until it achieves some sort of success. Yeah, and that has that's something we have heard from uh, from folks who watch cover the Cowboys. That Jason Garrett is not afraid to run the ball. He has shown a willingness to honestly at times run his running backs into the ground. They did that with De- uh, Demarco Murray before he left. They have given Ezekiel Elliott a ton of carries to the point where Cowboys fans and analysts were actually saying, you know, maybe do something other than run, run, pass, punt. Hopefully, maybe he's kind of learned to balance that out a little bit more, but I don't think he's going to abandon the run. And as you said before, the Air Coriel, the running the ball is a definite part of that offensive scheme. It, it's based around wide receivers and using the outside receivers to more or less stretch more or less stretch the field and pull defenders away from the line of scrimmage, force them to respect those vertical routes. And if there's fewer defenders around the line of scrimmage, that just makes it easier on the offensive line. So assuming that works, there should be room for Barkley to do what he does best and make defenders miss and turn a hopefully good running play into a great running play. For some additional context, though, if you look back at these really good Cowboys running backs, I think that's what you have to 
connect to, even though Jason Garrett wasn't always calling plays for the span. He was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. If you recall being a Giants fan, the amount of times that the Giants were gashed by guys like DeMarco Murray, even at times Darren McFadden, and then eventually Ezekiel Elliott, it seems that there has always been some form of a, 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 a dominant running back that was able to take the load and then also having some additional guys to bounce off of and, and get some change of pace from the starter. So I honestly think that this this move for Saquon Barkley with the new offensive scheme is really going to help him, especially with adjustments to the offensive line, continue on to this trajectory that we really thought we were going to get from him after his rookie year. So in addition to that, though, if you, if you happen to notice this past week, there were comments made by Kyle Brandt, who's an analyst for Good Morning Football on NFL Network. And while they tend to have some pretty crazy takes, he made a point in saying that he believes this next season, Saquon Barkley will be the big name running back, the guy that is going to have a tremendous output to the point he will lead the Giants to the playoffs. And as optimistic as we both would love to be, Chris, it seems like that's a little bit crazy. But can we at least say, though, that if Saquon is used properly, he's the type of running back that can get you victories with good performances? Yeah, I think that's definitely fair to say. You know, I I don't want to put the expectations for the Giants this year at the playoffs. Uh, fans aren't going to want to hear that, but this year's schedule is just an absolute beast. You know, they are going to be facing either a top defense or a top offense almost every single week. And you know, this is this is going to be a year in which you know, maybe the Giants do play better, but it might not show up on their final record. And you know, we have seen Saquon Barkley have great games. You know, like the first two weeks of the 2019 season, Barkley had really good performances. But in the end, something would go wrong. The Giants were unable to have a play a per- basically flawless game, even though Barkley would have over 100 yards. Yeah, you know, score touchdowns. You know, the first. The first week he averaged almost 11 yards a carry. The second week against a really good Buffalo defense, he averaged almost six yards a carry. It really kind of didn't matter. <laughs> the Giants still lost, and I, it had nothing to do with Barkley. It was just everything else falling down on them and just not being able to keep up with the teams they were playing. You know, hopefully they don't have the same kind of breakdowns, I think it's fair to say that we can expect a great year from Barkley. I'm not sure whether or not we can say whether or not the rest of the team will play up to his level. I'm in the same boat with you there, Chris. And I I think if you look at the context of Kyle Brandt made comments in uh, connecting Barkley to Christian McCaffrey. And if you look at McCaffrey last year, he was phenomenal. There were games that Christian McCaffrey won for the Carolina Panthers. But you have to take into account that Things weren't working well for him at the quarterback position behind him. He couldn't control what was going on defensively. So I think it's a little bit overly aggressive and optimistic to say that Saquon Barkley having an awesome year is enough to carry them to the playoffs. I think if we're being entirely realistic, and folks, that is our job here is to be realistic. And if if you don't like us being realistic and you want us to tell, tell you that the Giants are going to make the playoffs, then I don't know if this is the right show for you. But... Um, We're trying to stay realistic here, and if we're being realistic, 
they can't control that the fact that the defense is still very, very young in various spots. They're still we still don't know what the identity of this team is going to be. We don't know if all of these moves and and new personnel guys and and, and new uh, coaches coming in are what is necessary to take the step forward. We could find out that some of these new faces aren't what the Giants needed. But I think that there is promise. I think that we we can expect progression and a step forward, but not uh, a, a, a playoff berth just yet. There are too many... There are too many good teams in the NFC East for us to really say that they're going to win it. <laughs> yeah, and the, the Giants, I think, might find themselves in a similar position as the Panthers, where they have a player you know, playing at a very high level, but there are just, you know, like the, there are just other teams that are more complete that are playing at a higher level overall. The, the Giants had a hard time keeping up with the Eagles last year, and they were incredibly ravaged by injuries by the end of the season. We saw the Cowboys collapse by the end of the year, but Dak Prescott was playing at basically an MVP level for the first half of the year. You know, I wouldn't put a an improvement, you know, I I wouldn't put it past the Redskins to show a marked improvement over last year as well. I don't want to say that Barkley can't carry the Giants, but they are they are in a tough division and they're facing a very tough schedule. And you know, just before we move on to the depth behind Barkley, I do want to say one interesting thing to keep an eye on this year is going to be how Jason Garrett uses Saquon Barkley because Barkley is a different kind of back than the ones that Garrett has used before. Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott are both excellent running backs, but they are excellent in very different ways. They're the same size about, you know, they're about six foot and somewhere between 225 and 230. They both have very good vision. They both have the ability to break off chunk plays. But Elliott is much more of a running back who will take, who will maximize what is blocked for him. You know, he, if he cannot break a big play, he will get what he can. Barkley is, I compared him to Barry Sanders before, and that is a, I think, a very good comparison for his running style. He has very good vision, but he also has a an extreme willingness to trust his athleticism to create magic. You know, if there's only three or four yards blocked for him, rather than pick up those three or four yards, he will try to bounce back to a cutting lane. He will try to make four or five defenders miss in the hole, and he will have the longest two-yard runs you will ever see. And I'm going to be interested to see how Garrett adapts his scheme to Barkley because he always seems to gravitate back towards a between the tackles man gap power running scheme which plays very well to guys like DeMarco Murray and Ezekiel Elliott but Barkley has always been best playing off tackle outside zone where he can get more room to operate where he doesn't have to make a defensive tackle or a linebacker or whoever miss in a phone booth. He's best when he get he can get access to that open field. So it, it's I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not we see the Giants stick with a zone running scheme or if Garrett kind of 
implements that between the tackles power scheme that he always seems to favor. A surprising move in free agency this past offseason was the Giants signing veteran running back Deion Lewis. It was a move that neither of us or a lot of people didn't really expect the Giants to do considering their needs at a number of other positions. Instead, they decided to bring in a veteran back, a guy that played multiple seasons with the Titans, the Patriots, and the Browns hovering around that 30 age mark. So he's not the same guy that he was early on in his career. He's not doesn't have that same level of pop, but he still is a guy that's been around in the league for a very, very long time. A guy that it's, that's very experienced and has a, a, a veteran presence to him. Dion Lewis, though, for just talking about what he was used for in his time with these various teams, he was primarily used as a, a multi-dimensional back, a, a receiving back, getting a lot of touches and receptions, as well as being a change of pace runner. I, I feel like we haven't really seen Lewis as a primary running back, but that's exactly what the Giants were looking for. We talked about at the beginning of the offseason how the Giants needed an additional piece to round out the running back room because Gallman was not getting the job done to some extent. And right now, if Barkley is gassed come a third down or a third down and long, you have Deion Lewis to lean on, or if you want to pass uh, or and, and just get a bit of a change of direction and throw off an opposing defense, you can take Lewis out there and you can do a couple different things that Saquon is not as privy to. Yeah, and I think if the if Giants fans want to get an idea of how Deion Lewis could be used, I think we could take a look at how Felix Jones was used back when he was with the Cowboys, back, you know, some like pretty much between uh, 2008, 2009 and 2012, because that, for the, that whole period, Jason Garrett was calling the plays for the Cowboys and Jones was pretty, was the primary backup either to Marion Barber or DeMarco Murray. And he was primarily used as, a scat back. He, he was never a great running back. He was reasonably effective. He had one year where he averaged 5.9 yards per attempt, but usually he somewhere around four, uh, four and a half to three and a half to four and a half yards per attempt. But he was always a much more effective receiver. And that has always kind of been Deion Lewis's game. So I think they could be looking at him in that capacity maybe the Giants could look to use two back sets and actually use Barkley and Lewis as receivers. Or perhaps they could have him there to kind of push Wayne Gallman in the receiving aspect of the game. Because just as a one-cut runner, Wayne Gallman's fine. He's not going to be explosive, but he can pick up what is blocked for him. But his he has never been just a receiving weapon. And I think they might be wanting to kind of I don't want to say emphasize that area of the running back position, but if they could get a backup receiver who has upside as, or sorry, a backup running back who has upside as a receiver, I don't think they particularly care who it is so long as they have one. Certainly, and I think the the move to bring in Deion Lewis was just adding additional heads to the running back room, trying to fill things out, some additional competition for Wayne Gallman, competition for... Uh, a young player like Jonathan Hillman, who we saw contribute a little bit, but this does ask the question of what does this mean for Wayne Gallman, who has been the backup running back for the past two seasons, 
behind Saquon Barkley. This past year, we saw him step in when Barkley was hurt early on and really shine getting 100 yards rushing. But after that game, we didn't see anything from Gallman. We, we didn't see much of a contribution, and we really needed him to step up with Barkley out. He was dealing with some injuries. He was not fully healthy. He missed a lot of time, and I think that's part of the reason why Gettleman and the new coaching staff were saying, well, do we really trust having Gallman on the field? And that was part of the reason why they brought in Dion Lewis. So the, the, the question that does come from this, though, is should Gallman be worried? Should he be worried that he is, you know, in quote, on the hot seat as the backup running back? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say so. Uh, <laughs> you know, he has, the current regime has absolutely nothing invested in him. He was a Jerry Reese pick, so that I think automatically puts him on the hot seat with Dave Gettleman. But also, this is his third head coach in three years. You know, he's going into his fourth year. When he was drafted, the Giants had Ben McAdoo as their head coach. And then the last two years, they had Pat Shermer. So, you know, this is, he really has to, I think, impress the coaching staff to keep his job. He, I think he is going to have to come out and soundly establish himself as the second best running back on the roster. You know, I think his game actually could translate very well to what Jason Garrett likes from a running back. But if he can't have that consistency, if he can't show that he is a well-rounded enough back to contribute on all downs, if he can't, you know, pass protect, pass catch on third downs, pick up what is blocked for him and maybe a little bit more. I think if he can't show that, if he can't show upside of improvement, I think this could very well could be his last year as a giant. Gallman has to be the biggest name to talk about here that already early on might not be back come the end of the preseason, but other players that we still have to talk about with this running back group is Jonathan Hillman, who was a rookie last season. Uh, he played locally at Rutgers for his final year and also at Boston College, and Hillman was primarily a practice squad guy, but when Saquon Barkley went down, he came in, and also then when Gallman came down, he was actually uh, a, the lead running back in, a, in a, a couple games, primarily one game, where he did get a, a decent amount of touches. Nothing crazy, but he did get the ball. He did get a couple carries. Didn't do anything that really shocked the world, but we were able to see what he can do in a step-in, start, play type of a situation. That being said, though, did we see enough to really be thinking positively on Hillman? And, and, and does he do we think that he can progress into somewhat of a contributor beyond being the third or fourth guy on the roster? Well, I, we know the Giants liked what they saw from Hillman in the preseason. Unfortunately, he really has to work on his ball security because I think that's what people, uh, people mostly remember from him from the regular season. Having two fumbles, losing two fumbles in 30 rushing attempts. I think we saw some ability from him in the preseason. Saw him be able to make sharp cuts, uh, have some pretty good explosiveness, pick up yardage. But you know, it, if you can't hang on to the ball, that's you're, you're not going to get too many chances, and you're, especially as, a, as an undrafted running back who's 
kind of at the back end of the roster, you're not going to get a whole lot of chances. So I think the first thing he has to show is that he ha- he can hang on to the ball and they can actually rely on him. Last player that was added to this running back unit was Javon Leak, a rookie undrafted out of Maryland. Six foot 215 is his listed size. And to keep things simple with Leak, I don't think he really supplies any competition for the running back role, but rather competition as a returner on kicks and and also punts. If you don't know anything about Leak, he was actually uh, awarded, I believe, the best return specialist in the Big Ten because of his capabilities to be a, a big play type player on special teams. He also had a very high yards per carry average around seven, did not get a ton of production at Maryland, but does have some burst, have has some explosiveness, and I think it's pretty safe to say that his contribution would primarily be in a special teams role, not really competing for one of the back end spots uh, as the the bottom end running backs on the on the on this Giants roster. Yeah, and anyone who is coming in undrafted, kind of at the back end of the roster, they're going to have to make their mark on special teams, and it will be an interesting competition, I think, between Leak and probably primarily Corey Coleman, who is coming off a torn ACL, but showed himself to be potentially one of the better return return men in the NFL, at least when he joined the Giants two years ago. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting competition, and it'll be worth watching to see if the Giants decide to keep Coleman for his potential explosiveness as a receiver and as a returner, or if they try to go for Leak as a just more affordable option, you know, younger, doesn't have the same injury history, and you know, maybe as a potential backup, third running back option for Saquon Barkley. The last two guys that we have to talk about here is the fullbacks currently on the Giants roster because you can't not talk about fullbacks when you're talking about running backs because they are still players that are working at this position. The two guys that are currently here are the incumbent Elijah Penny and George Aston. Now, Elijah Penny is honestly the favorite to be the the returner at fullback because of his role on special teams, the way that he can contribute on special teams, I think as a personal protector, uh, that's a really big key when you have a fullback, but also the fact that he has been used before in various offensive situations where he's caught passes, uh, he's run the ball, but not to a, a, a large productive sense because, again, he's a fullback. You're not really going to focus your, your offense around fullback usage in 2020, but still, if we're being realistic here, Elijah Penny has to be the most likely starter and returner for this fullback position because there really can only be one fullback. Yeah, the, it, you're just not going to see a, a modern NFL team carry more than one fullback. Uh, it's increasingly rare to see them carry any fullbacks. Jason Garrett does seem to like the fullback position. He always seems to like having one on the roster, you know, just in case, short yardage situations, whatever. I think Penny's ability to catch the ball out of the backfield to be a potential contributor, maybe not get a ton of carries, but you know, a quick fullback handoff, uh, maybe run an angle route or something like that out of the backfield, maybe be a check down option. I think that probably does give him the advantage here. 
We're going to wrap up with debating the possible backup running back who gets more touches out of Lewis or Gallman and then wrap things up with a discussion on who is going to get cut out of the running backs on the Giants roster. But before we get to that, folks, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Gallman or Lewis? That is going to be a big question hovering over this Giants running back room. Who is going to be the guy who gets more touches behind Saquon Barkley, who is going to be the primary change of pace. Chris, if you had to pick one of the two guys, who are you picking to be the go-to in a spot situation player to get the ball? I happen to like Gallman. I think he is, he's not exciting. He's not fun. He's not, not spectacular, but as long as he's healthy and as long as the offensive line gives him something to work with, he can be steady. There's a reason why they called him the Wayne train at Clemson because he kind of kept the offense on schedule. I I think he can be in this offense, a complete enough running back to back up Saquon Barkley without having to close the playbook any. And I think if he can show enough of an understanding of the offense and show himself to be well-rounded enough, as I said in the first half, be able to pass protect reliably to be a good enough receiver. Yeah. I think I might give the nod to him just because we have seen Dion Lewis trending down. He is at, yeah, he's right at 30. He's coming off kind of, kind of a disappointing year with the Tennessee Titans. And you know, it's not like the Titans couldn't run the ball last year. So I, I think that, decline in production even though you know the titans could obviously run the ball they actually got better at quarterback as the year went on they got better at receiver as the year went on so that should have made lewis's job easier and made him more effective so 
the fact that he kind of trended downwards to me is a that's a red flag. The fact that the new coaching staff and Dave Gettleman made the decision to bring him in and he has familiarity with this coaching staff, those are really big marks in his favor. But I th- I think if Gallman sh- is able to show himself to be a better, more reliable, more complete option, I think he will get the nod. For me, I think that Dion Lewis is going to be the primary second running back for usage and getting touches just because of his skill set and what they want with a, a backup running back. And I, I think that even though Lewis, like you said, has been trending downward a little bit, they'll at least be able to get some possession plays out of him. They can throw him the ball and you know that he has the hands to make those grabs. Now, does he still have that same burst and explosiveness in space as he did when he was younger? No, he definitely does not. He's around 30 years old, so he's not going to be able to play at that same level. He's not going to be as fast. He's not going to be as quick. You're still going to get a consistent guy. You're going to get a guy that knows what he needs to do on every single play. He's not going to make any mistakes. And I'm not saying that Gallman does make those mistakes, but I think that what this Giants offense needs from a second back is what Deion Lewis provides. Wrapping things up, Chris, we need to discuss who we think is going home. So being realistic, there's only going to be one fullback on this roster and three in a very rare occasion four running backs, but if we're picking three guys and one fullback, who do you think is going to be cut? I think it will probably be, and I'm pretty sure we agree on this one, uh, Hilleman, Leak. I think Corey Coleman's going to beat out Leak for the return job and the potential contributions on offense at receiver. The Giants do need another receiver who can stretch the field vertically. And Coleman will get the chance to show he can do that. Hilleman, I, I, I'm not sure if he's going to show himself to be consistent enough to beat out Gallman and Lewis. And then I probably Aston as the the fullback who goes. Uh, they'll pro- I think they'll probably keep Penny, just because you know he might not be a dynamic weapon, but I I think he'll be good enough. I'm in agreement with you on this, Chris. I see. Leak being a more of a clear cut for for in terms of uh, who who's going to go the, the the quickest probably the earliest just because he's an undrafted rookie he's currently at the bottom he's got a really tall hill to climb if he wants to find a way on this roster that doesn't mean he can't be a practice squad player but Aston another tough situation to beat out an incumbent a guy that's been in the league for multiple years now and has done a pretty good job has already had an impression on Dave Gettleman before. So they at least know what they're getting with Penny. They're probably going to want to stick with um, a guy that they, they know who he is and what he's capable of and knowing more what he's capable of. Hilleman is where I get a little bit caught up because I think that Hilleman is the type of guy that has been working hard enough that he might be in, instead of saying that Gallman's going to get cut in favor of Lewis. I think there's a possibility that, that Hillman could put some pressure on Gallman for that third spot. If I'm, if I'm just going with what's probably going to happen, Hillman will probably be moved to the practice squad and end up being that faux fourth running back. And that's brought up in a, in a tight situation. But I think the, uh, an interesting battle to watch is not only Deion Lewis versus Wayne Gallman for the backup spot, but also Hilleman putting pressure on Wayne Gallman for that, that backup third spot because 
if Gallman can't stay healthy, something goes wrong with him during the preseason, Hillman will be right there to sweep up and take as many carries as he can in those last few games. Chris, that's going to be it from us, though. Thank you for tuning in, folks. As always, thank you for listening to our discussion on the Giants running back position group. Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us and also follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon and you can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. We're going to continue on next week with our next position group, likely discussing the tight ends, who will stay, who will go, as well as some other fun topics as we've been doing, like we previously did, talking about guys who will benefit the most from coaching. So stay tuned for both things and feel free to drop us any suggestions that you might have for topics. 